In this week's episode, I have a conversation with Kim from the Center of Sales Strategy, where she shares her secrets of how to get in front of new prospects faster. And through this process, she shares these three words, don't give up. Welcome to the Three Word Podcast with author, speaker, and life coach, Lisa Thal. Well, welcome Three Word Podcasters. I'm so excited to share with you a guest that we have, Kim Alexandra. Welcome to the Three Word Podcast. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Well, I'm excited to talk to you and have our listeners learn insights from you, especially on three words, because you know how much I love three words. And those three three words are going to be don't give up. Don't give up. And we're going to get into what those three words mean in a minute. But before we do that, I want to give you a little background on Kim. Our company actually works with Kim. Uh, Kim works for the Center for Sales Strategy. She helps companies not only increase engagement, she helps identify talent, which is so important in today's world. She helps us develop people and their talents. And what does that lead to? Increased sales. She has over 23 years of sales and coaching experience. What I love more about working with Kim is she understands from the seller's perspective because she's got a really rich background in sales, but then she also knows how to weave and help us get the most from our people, which in the end helps them improve sales and conversion. So I just cannot wait to share uh, some of the insights that Kim can bring to the table that can be a game changer in your company and your business. So with that, welcome, Kim. I know we want to get into uh, three words, which is don't give up. Yes, thank you. That was a great introduction. I appreciate it. Um, You know, I thought that don't give up was a great um, use of three words, especially this time of year. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with salespeople just to, to help with professional development. And as you mentioned, talent development. And one of the things, and it's actually not just this time of year, it just feels a little bit harder now and in the summer months when people are somewhat checked out to, to stand out and to be noticed by prospects, mm-hmm. especially prospects that are completely cold. You you don't have a referral for, you don't have a reference for, and you're cold calling essentially somebody brand brand spanking new um, and standing out in that person's in that person's mind and moving yourself up on the priority priority list is really hard right now. Um, The landscape has changed. Yes. You know, with your salespeople and everyone, every salesperson that I talk to, they're like, just they're, they want to know the the silver bullet. (laughs) They want to know the, you know, they want to swing a magic wand or wave a magic wand and get people to notice them. And actually there are some things that salespeople can do and institute as best practices that can get them noticed. And that's where we come up with the three words. Don't give up. If you do things the right way and you follow a process and a plan, you can move yourself up on somebody's priority list, or at least you'll you can have some closure and know whether or not that prospect is worthy of your time. Yeah, and that makes sense and I think I think you hit it on the head. Most salespeople will maybe attempt there are people that are fear, fearful to even attempt the first attempt. But what I love about what you bring to the table, it is a process. You'll know at the end of this process whether you've earned the right to to get that appointment or that it's time to move on. 
Yes, there's an author that I recently stumbled upon. She's actually a behavioral scientist, and I read her book called Captivate. Her name is Vanessa Van Edwards, and one of the things that stuck out to me that I think is so important for salespeople to recognize out of the gate, and she uses the word, you know, be, become a mental post-it note in somebody's mind mm. and the ways in which you can do that. So I've often said, even when I was selling myself, that sales is an art and a science. And the people side of it really is about science and being able to engage people really early in a conversation. So just starting with understanding people skills and the importance of them. And, and if you're lacking in those people skills, what they are and helping yourself be a better identifier of what your potential pro or what your prospect might be going through early in the process. And that's just one way to create that mental post-it note that helps you stand out. Oh, I love that. Love the imagery of that. Yeah, she's very, she's great. I think one of the things that I've seen in a lot of uh, coaching is that um, we're not all wired the same in our, in our talents. Everybody has a different talent DNA, so to speak. And there is a part of this of sales talent that is being intuitive about other people. And not everyone is really, is not as strong as somebody else might be in that. And so if you're a salesperson and you find yourself not really kind of catching on to body language or, or misreading situations, I, I have had, and you, you might've had this too, where a salesperson will come back to the office and they're super excited because they think they had a great meeting, a great opportunity, and they try to follow up to give a presentation and they get ghosted. Mm. It's like crickets. And typically they've misread a situation. So if somebody is in a, in a situation where they're not good at reading people, I always recommend that they solicit somebody to observe them in action and be their eyes and ears. So while they're focused on a meeting and focused on a needs analysis or a presentation, you have somebody else in the room helping you gauge the, or should say engagement of in the room. And I think that the only way that somebody who's weak in this area can really identify where they may be lacking in some of these people skills is to have somebody help them out. So I think it's important to not feel like as a salesperson, you have to be a lone wolf in all of this and to solicit people to kind of have your back and help you get better. It's okay if you're not the best at people skills, if you can find somebody who can help you. Yeah. And I, I love that part of it, Kim, because you've taught us more than that is like salespeople, some salespeople are like, I don't want to bring my manager on the call because I don't want them to see that maybe I don't know something. But when you turn it around as a coach and not a manager, because a manager manages tasks, a coach coaches talent. And when I'm in the field with um, our team, we always talk about, okay, what do we want to get out of this? You, you do your presentation, you ask the questions, I may fill in. But then as I'm there with you, I can help guide you and I can see the body language of the other person so we don't get ghosted, that we do have a really good understanding of that call. So big proponent of it. We do it a lot in our um, in our company. It's just very, very valuable. And the sellers like it. The sellers want to know they're improving and they're getting better. And then eventually they don't even need us on the call. Yeah. And you touch on something important there on the coaching aspect. There is just a, a quick tip, and I know you guys do do this a lot. I'll just say it for your audience. Um, there's a lot of impact in starting with positive feedback first. There's actually a chemical reaction in, in, one per, in a person's brain when they hear a piece of positive feedback first before the constructive criticism. Their brain is actually more open to the criticism and they receive it more positively and actually likely to 
to take action on your coaching recommendations. So it's really important to start with the with the positive feedback before you jump into that criticism, even if the salesperson is expecting it. Oh, love it. That's great advice. Awesome advice. Well, I know you you also had shared with us on many times is the benefit of being persistent with a purpose. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about that? Yes, I love ta- I love this topic when I'm in front of a, a group of salespeople because it really is the essence of of don't give up. And much like um, you know impressions work, the the more the higher frequency of impressions, the more likely you are to pay attention to something. And that holds true in the sales process too. So we often recommend that you should reach out to a prospect um, purposefully. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, seven to nine times in a three-week window, and the room looks at me in awe, like, "Oh my gosh, Kim! I don't want to be a stalker. They'll think I'm crazy." <laughs> and that's where the the purpose comes into play. Because yes, you would be crazy. You will look like a stalker if you're just calling seven to nine times with the same message or sending the same email it's really important to change it up and with every single attempt to have a purpose and to illustrate trust and value so that you're moving yourself up again on their priority list and there are a number of ways in which you can do that Um, a valid business reason is one of the very best conversation starters to really illustrate that you have empathy, you have expertise, and you have problem-solving capabilities. The sooner you do that in the sales process, the better. There's a, a couple of different sources of research out there that say that a decision maker or a decision influencer will size you up in less than five minutes. So, and I think that's even a lot longer than than reality. It yeah, could even be just longer. a matter of sec. It does. It seems long. So just think about that short window of time that you have as a salesperson to make that positive impact in someone's in someone's perception. Doing that with a valid business reason is the very best way. And then following up with your valid business reason throughout your entire approach doesn't all of a sudden it it makes seven to nine attempts not sound so stockish or crazy because you're providing value and you're giving insights all along the way. And that's what buyers want. So when you think about a buyer's journey, there are going to be times in a prospect's mind where they're all set. They really don't need a new solution. They really don't need a new idea. They're happy. But then there are other times that you're going to be able to pique the interest of somebody who is in a situation where they're starting to rethink things. They might be looking to evaluate something new. um, And maybe they're just recently unhappy with with a decision that they made. And that's an opportunity for a salesperson to be noticed and then to get a response at the same time. Yeah, I know when we years ago when we started working together and you met with our sales organization and you said i'm going to need you to reach out seven to nine times in a short window and i think i heard are you kidding me i'm there's no way we're gonna do this but i will tell you it is extremely effective um to your point if you have the valid business reason and you are you're thoughtful with your approach you're just not calling like hey i've got this great idea and then they say share the idea with me and you have no idea they are they can, those clients don't have time for this we don't have time for it so it is very very effective it has been extremely effective for um, developing new business with our organization and we follow it to a t the other thing is is in today's world i know years ago it used to be three attempts and then you could reach that decision maker well it's eight a minimum of eight touches sometimes unless you're lucky and you connect with the decision maker so 
your steps and processes, they're very effective. Um, I do know, and I love this part, we're super competitive. Salespeople are, and they want to fight until they can get the appointment or close the client, and they're afraid to let go and what we call either take a break or break up. So can yes. you share more about, I mean, we hate to break up. Who likes to break up? But I, talk I about this. It's so effective. It really, it, it, as a former salesperson and former manager, having been on both sides, the actual participant and then the observer, um, it really, it hurts when you are, when you realize that you've put so much work into making attempts and, you know, you, I used to get very creative in the ways in which I would try and stand out and like, how could this person not respond to this? I don't understand. Um, and then one of the things that I, I realized is that, you know, at some point we have to give up, but when do we know to do that without missing out on an opportunity, because that's really what it boils down to. And like you said, everyone's competitive. You know, what if you you decide you're going to stop calling on a particular account and your cute mate or the person next door to you all oh, of a yeah. sudden breaks through? That's, you know, there's an ego thing there too. But what salespeople have to realize is that there's a time and there's also a personality involved. So when I say um, take a break or, or break up, it's really in the form of an email. I call it a breakup email. And you're leaving the door open, though. So you can make a decision. Are you going to take a break or break up? And in that email, by leaving the door open, you just offer a couple of options to your prospect and be sincere and be transparent. If you haven't connected with somebody at the end of your seven to nine attempts in a three-week window, chances are in their buyer's journey, they're not ready or you might not have done the best job as the salesperson. So let give give permission for the prospect to say they they aren't interested or maybe it's not right now. The goal is to get engagement and closure so that you can learn whether or not this is a good prospect for you to continue to prospect. And if it is, then I would say give it a break of a couple of months, maybe two, three months, and then circle back with, a, with another approach and more attempts or you can decide to, to break up and leave it all together. And that's really a, a that's really an individual an individual preference based on what you've done thus far. But it happens and we have to be realistic. And the longer we mentally hold on to those prospects, the, we're withholding opportunity to find new ones. Yeah. You know, we only have so much capacity in our day and in our brains. And it's in our best interest to make that decision. Do you want to break up or just take a break? But you have to make that call at the end of the seven to nine attempts. I love it. I love it. So we know probably making or really owning and nailing the first impression is key because to your point, it's they'll size you up in a few seconds. If it's on the phone, how you approach them on the phone, they're already making mental decisions as to whether they want to carry this conversation on. Or if you're in front of them, they're sizing you up right away. So what Absolutely. are some tips you can share on really nailing that first impression? Yes, actually, I think it was your team that I introduced a concept after I watched um, a tutorial, a video on inbound marketing. And it was one of HubSpot's, um, I guess, 101, inbound 101 type of tutorials, just talking about the importance of humanizing content. And on the inbound side, because that's there's a lot of automation involved, and that's a most in most cases a one-to-many account approach, humanizing content can be very difficult. However, in our business, it's not as difficult because you can utilize things like voicemail, um, photos in your email signature. Um, and I recommend right out of the gate, not to just get stuck behind email, but 
if you send an email with your valid business reason, follow up right away within minutes with a voicemail so that you can put at minimum your voice with the name on the email that they just received. And in most cases, once we started instituting, I call it the one-two punch. I never found a better phrase for it. Yeah, I <laughs> but love it. humanizing your content right out of the gate has proven to be very, very effective with salespeople getting engagement that much quicker. Yeah, I love it. And then the other thing you talked about, because in addition to that, sometimes business decision makers are busy. They may want to hear what we have to say, but they can't carve out an hour out of their calendar. So it's okay to say, hey, if we could schedule a quick 15-minute phone call, I can go into a deeper discussion of the ideas I have for your business. You don't have to get in your car and drive a half hour to get in front of the person to earn their respect. All the homework you're doing up front is a game changer for them. It is. And people, everybody's looking for ways to save time, prospects and, and us, everybody is. And there is, there's no reason why we can't do some of that fact-finding conversation and initial needs analysis on the phone, um, really focusing on, okay, so how do I get to that next conversation? And that's really a good mindset to put yourself in as a salesperson, how to get to the next conversation, how to keep my prospect engaged to want to continue to talk to me. Um, and that has been very helpful for salespeople when they can get in that mindset of, it's not like, let's just get an appointment, let's get an appointment. It's how do I have the next conversation? And then getting to close eventually from those conversations. So a face-to-face -face meeting does, it does prove valuable and, and has to happen at some point in my opinion, but it doesn't have to be the very first thing you do. Um, it's kind of like courting and dating. You know, you just, you meet for a cocktail or go meet for a coffee first and then decide if you want to go out again. It's very similar. And again, keeping in mind the buyer persona and their perceptions all along the way will be very helpful. That's awesome. That's great. So I love what you've shared today. Obviously, don't give up is three powerful words. And again, just to kind of recap all the great things you brought to the table today to help our audience, it's becoming that mental post-it note in that prospect's mind, but really being persistent with a purpose, not stalking someone, but really having that valid business reason and really looking at from the client side, helping them understand their customer's journey, and then also how do you humanize your brand? Because people do buy from people they are more familiar with and people they like. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our, our uh, Three Word Podcasters today? This has been extremely helpful, and I know it's going to really help those that may be challenged, especially this time of year, um, going into next year, how they continue to develop and grow their business. I will just add this one more thing because it becomes very important when we go through all this work of creating a great valid business reason. You know, what good is it if your email doesn't get opened? Um, it's the, the statistics are pretty high. If somebody doesn't know you, they're not going to open your email. So I encourage people to get creative with their email subject lines so that they don't get lost and peak interest. And don't be afraid to, I think it was somebody on your team actually said that one of the subject lines that they use often and works often is high exclamation point. That is exactly right. That, it's super yes, effective. It piques interest. You get them to open it. So as long as the value is in the email after they open it, you can get creative to peak interest. It's not going to hurt you. Oh, it's great. That's awesome. And we do use that. It, and think of our own behaviors online. When you see something in the subject line, you know right away whether you're going to open it or not. 
So oh, to yeah. your point, <laughs> simplicity yeah. of saying hi or how I can save you time or how I can save you money or how to get better health, we're going to jump in and see, okay, you've earned that next click. <laughs> now I'm going to click yes. and see what the matter is. Yep. Adding a name to an email set, Lisa, congratulations, exclamation point. Yes. That catches attention too. Oh, don't we love our names? Well, <laughs> yes. I appreciate everything you've shared with us today. Again, I'll do in the show notes uh, a way to get a hold of Kim. It doesn't matter what company you, you work with. She and her company do a fantastic job of really honing in and developing talent uh, increasing sales and conversions. And I will tell you of my 30 plus years in the business, this has been the most effective sales coaching because there's a lot of trainers out there, but coaching that we've implemented with our teams that has shown major conversions in sales, has um, connected us deeper with clients, and has really shortened the sales cycle of appointment setting with new prospects. So I am a big advocate, our company is, and I'm just so thrilled you were able to make time to share. Don't give up with our team. Absolutely, thank you so much. I really enjoyed participating as well and hope it's helpful for everyone out there. Thank you, Kim. Find more episodes and get the book at threewordmeetings.com.